welcome to an incredible episode 18 of The Big Life. College soccer has come and gone. The season, starting in preseason when Jordan and I started documenting, all the way through the final of the College Cup last night. Congratulations to national champions, Florida State. Jordan, this pains me. You were right. I know you're going to clip that and forever listen to it. That's fine. I, Sam Carey, was saying that Jordan Wickes was correct. Um, the world is ending, but Jordan, how are we doing? Wow, that's going to become like my new ringtone or alarm or something. Like I got a daily affirmations. You know, it's just nice being right. It's a great feeling. I missed it dearly. Um, but no, it was absolutely insane game. Yeah. I mean, five to one in a championship final like un undoubtedly Florida State took home the victory as they should I mean such an incredible team like the talent was unbelievable and they were all quality goals all five Absolutely. quality goals I think my jaw dropped when it was like the first two back-to-back in 26 seconds just off the off the kickoff to just go punish them again like yeah, I mean, you got to just put so much respect. That was an unbelievable team that Florida State had this year. And I mean, I'm so happy that their run was. And even Stanford, absolutely incredible team. You know, their defense and the way they play is phenomenal. So no loss to them. It's just Florida State, I think, had more in the tank. And they're remarkable this year. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. I think we were we both had BYU in the final. So that was a little bit of a shocker to see them go out and to go out with a shutout. Mm -hmm. Um I was a bit shocked on that part. but That game was wild. I mean, I remember watching it just like uh, with my mom and we were like, I mean, the offside call and then the, you know, goal line decision and so much. I felt like like the fact that BYU had 25-ish shots and ended in zero was shocking. I just felt like the soccer, you know, we've talked about the soccer gods so much this year and it just was one of those, the soccer gods were not on their side. Yeah, it's it's a crappy game to have that happen um for sure but they had an incredible season incredible run and definitely just wasn't in their favor that day either way I still correctly predicted Florida State winning thanks for reminding me yeah I mean I mean amazing soccer season and I think the coolest part and you know we talk about a bit in our interview is the parody in women's soccer this year you know so many games or anyone can win I think women's soccer is one of those sports where yes you have amazing you know quote unquote powderhouses like Stanford like Florida State but you know they, everyone's lost games you know obviously you have undefeated Florida State but any game in any given day I feel like is competitive in this landscape that we're in and that's really special that you know you can have that belief that no matter what you have a fighting chance absolutely I'm a little I'm, I'm getting like a little sentimental to see it all come to an end like my season ended weeks now but that the college season is actually over, that this is our, our final podcast of the season is it's a bit sad, Tim. I know. I've had so much fun. Like, who would have thought this random DM? And even I like I've listened back to our first podcast, Jordan, and it's kind of hysterical. Um, I feel like we did not know each other at all. And we were just talking. Uh, and yeah, so I'm so happy with where we've come, where this podcast comes, you know. We're going to talk a lot about it a lot, but thank you so much for everyone that's tuned in, that's listened, that's cared. You know, I know I've received so much feedback. Girls Soccer Network has received so much feedback. And it's amazing that this is like a niche that people want to hear about. And I think it's so special, you know, women's sports in general. I think I saw the stat that went viral the other day. Like it's tripled in viewership since 2019 and it's projected to make over $1 billion this year. And so just to be a part of rising women's sports and, 
you know, women's college soccer is really unique and it draws a lot of viewers. And I think being able to kind of tune people into the lives of being a part of it is really amazing. Absolutely. I mean, best DM I ever sent, let me tell you. Um, it's been such an incredible journey and so therapeutic to do this every week. I mean, I genuinely look forward to it and to know that people actually want to listen to our stories and hear what we have to say about these tops- topics. It's still confusing to me, but it's been such a rewarding journey and I am so sad to see it come to an end for this season, but we have some fantastic news. We're not done yet. <laughs> So as much as I know, you all were sad. It was episode 18. It was done. Well, Jordan's officially decided she can't get enough of me. And that's simple. So as this college soccer season comes to an end, we will wrap up season one of The Big Life today. But there will be a season two that we're very excited about. Absolutely. And you'll continue to see us grow. And we'll probably look back at this episode at some point and laugh about how bad we were um, in comparison to where we will be. And I look forward to that moment. But for today, Sam, crazy, crazy life you are living here. Give us a little insight. How are you doing? What's your day looking like? Um, Insane, you know. So I think like a bit of, I guess, personal news, as we all know, this countdown's kind of been going on. I'm getting married this weekend. Um, absolutely insane to say out loud, but that's a thing. Um, and yeah, getting married this weekend, going on my honeymoon next week. Half the reason why we're not podcasting. I will not be able to be contacted. It will be amazing. Um, but with that said, of course, in my life, now that my journey at Iowa has come to an end, there's been this big question of what's happening and what is Sam Carey going to do? And I think this is where the special of Big Life season two is going to come into play. Because Jordan will still be living the big life and I will be living the life beyond the big life. And I think that's going to be a really cool perspective of having, you know, two people in two different spots in life and talking about that. With that being said, we've always kind of known that my big life or my life after would be in soccer. I knew my career wouldn't be done. And I am officially putting my name in the 2024 NWSL draft. Woo! So it's, you know, in full transparency, it's been a decision that I've thought a lot about. I've always known I wanted to play. It was just a matter of, am I going to try to play here in the U.S. or am I going to try to go overseas? And, you know, I think I'm just going to have too many regrets if I don't try. I might fail. And that's all right. You know, I've lived my life by a quote that I've heard a lot. It's called, like, put yourself in the arena. And if I went and signed a contract right now overseas though that's by no means a secondary option and there's a lot of great opportunity over there I think that it would be selling myself short I think that it would be taking a safety route and I'm you know like I said I might go in and fail and that's all right and I'm okay with that because I don't want to live with any regrets and I think in five years if I don't put my name in and I took the quote-unquote safe route I would feel regrets and so the object would be to be the first Iowa soccer player ever drafted. There has not been one from the University of Iowa. So that would be kind of what I'm going against. I'm going against history a little bit, but I'm excited about the opportunity. And now all eyes are kind of looking at January 12th for me. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to see you make history because I have no doubt. Um, big fan over here that you will, in fact, do just that. And I'm so excited that you chose this route. Um, I'm just... So excited for this little journey you've going on. Like after 18 weeks of, oh my God, I just hit my mic. After 18 weeks of getting to know you and to see where it's all coming to an end and like what the future holds, it's so exciting from, you know, friend standpoint. 
going to be oh. married next time I see you in the draft, a pro soccer player living the bigger life. Crazy. It's a wild update. It's a wild update. Life is a whirlwind. Um, We're taking it as we go. So Absolutely. everyone wish me a happy wedding and a happy honeymoon next week. It'll be great. Um, Next time you hear from Sam Carey, it's still saying Sam Carey, but kind of will be Sam Angel. Um, All those crazy things. But is there anything super excited that you learned as you like through this journey yeah I mean it's just a crazy process and there's so I obviously I knew it would be in depth and I knew that you know everything that comes with scouting and film and all these different things would be super detailed because it's now at a whole new level and they're looking for the best of the best but you know like even in having conversations with my coaches like I sit in Dave's office a lot you know we'll joke in our interview but he's probably heard way too much from me recently but like so many people are involved. He's even told me that like other big 10 coaches have been called talking about me. So like they're doing their due diligence to, you know, see who they're trying to get and what other perspectives are. Like, obviously my coach is going to try to sell me. Of course he would, but what does an opponent's coach think of me, you know? So it's almost like hoping that the right people have your back and that kind of regard and, you know, looking for an agent. What does that look like? You know, what do you look for an agent? Those are all kind of things I've kind of learned and kind of been buying by the seat of my pants with a lot of the time, but learning as I go and trusting my gut along the way, I think is one of the biggest things. And, you know, I feel like at the end of the day, I would be a really big hypocrite if I didn't do this. Cause one of the things I've preached is that if you don't believe in yourself, how would anyone else believe in you? And I do believe in myself. I do know I'm a good soccer player and I'm a fighter and I'm scrappy and I have a great mentality and I can live my life as a professional soccer player. I have full confidence in that. So, you know, I think I'm just going to stand behind me, be my number one advocate and own the journey. Yeah. What's uh, Trey's feelings through this? Is there somewhere specific he's trying to get you drafted to maybe for some selfish reasons? (laughs) What's his dream look like? That's a great question. Trey has been nothing but a great partner through this whole journey and being open to everything. So even if it's like, Trey, I'm going to put my name in the draft. He's like, great. Trey, I want to go overseas. Let's go. Like, I don't know that his attitude has fully changed. He's just down for the ride, which is exactly what I've needed, to be completely honest. I think, and he won't ever say this, but he wants to stay in the U.S., which I get, of course. Um, so when I told him I'm putting my name in and we kind of came to that decision together and sat down and talked it out, he was very happy. You know, I will go anywhere that can get me to play soccer. And I think that's kind of where Trey's at, you know, we're going into this adventure married, um, as a partnership, as a lifelong partnership. And, you know, what better way to kind of test that first year of marriage, but go on a new adventure. And so for, you know, me, obviously I'm from Missouri and I've moved to Iowa and that's all I've ever moved. Trey only ever lived in Iowa. And very clearly I'm not playing professional soccer in Iowa, considering there is no professional soccer in Iowa. So no matter what the journey brings, it'll bring a new adventure and it'll bring, you know, moving and starting off that life. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And I think he is too. Oh, maybe we can get you in Cleveland one day because we're starting a petition for a team there. There we are. I think the team like, Rumors are around, you know, about who's getting in and who's the next on Davis L team. And there's two cities that seem to be touching hard. It's Cleveland and St. Louis. So I'd be Let's down with that. Go. Midwest girl at heart, I'll get to say. But um, 
no, I'm excited. And I think Trey is too. And now it's weird. Like I've told myself, like after Wednesday, I'm done thinking about soccer and I'm fully thinking about my like wedding, which is a thing that's happening. These lovely tubs behind me are like wedding decorations and stuff. Um, so yeah, life is getting crazy and we're on the journey. But Jordan, how are you? How's the end of the season? How's our academic weapon status? That was in question a couple weeks ago. How are we doing? Um, we are surviving. I think Love that's it. my motto for these last two weeks here. End of exams. I have five finals, five end of year exams this week, and then five finals next week. It's just, why would they do that? Why do they hate me? I don't know, but they're doing it. Um, and it's, it's, it's a life, man. It's all cumulative. Like I missed five weeks of school with soccer. It feels like I've barely been here and now I'm like scrambling to get it all done, but it'll be fine. You know, like I joke like it's it'll it is what it is this is what you signed up for and it happens every semester and yet it always catches me off guard so it's my fault at this point but yeah I mean academically like it's finals week <laughs> and then in terms of soccer we finally I get to match the uh uniforms we have going on here finally got our hats after six weeks it feels like of winning we got our hats and shirts and we will go and get our like plaque ceremony today where we get put in our 1855 like where they uh have all the championship plaques and we'll get our name up on there and then we'll go to the basketball game and kind of get honored um and get to celebrate our our season thus far so other than that though we really haven't been doing much like nothing everything's been optional like captain-led practices uh jeff had covid i think or something so my end of the year meeting got pushed a week so it's now tomorrow instead of last week so I still have to do that and then uh you know all that good stuff but it's been pretty academically focused you know catching up on that aspect of life and just yeah it's been a ride <laughs> I love that I love that no it's definitely crazy and then home for the holidays I'm assuming and back out of Michigan everything yeah going home for like a week or two and then I'm off to Europe with the Cleveland ambassadors to go play some WSL teams with two national champs and Taylor Huff and Jordan Dudley and then uh just some very very talented players so I'm a little nervous that'll not gonna lie thing. like that'll be a fun opportunity obviously get to know other people just have some fun with soccer again too and that'll be a great little off-season break I'm sure oh yeah I'm excited you're going to Europe so like how bad can it be how sad can you be in Europe simple that's how it goes, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a little bit of updates in our lives in college soccer. Once again, guys, I don't think we can say thank you enough for the support that you guys have given us and everything. It's been absolutely amazing. And that being said, we have a legendary guest. You know, we've talked about this interview for so long. The David Diani is finally on the podcast. So you get to hear all inside scoops about my head coach, his journey to Iowa, does give some tea on me talks about me a little bit he was not as loyal as kelly was last week so there's some good juicy bits about me in there and i'm sure jordan enjoyed as well oh yeah this is a good one guys stay tuned all right welcome dave all right well we are so excited to have david diani on the podcast this week dave came from grand valley state university where he won three different national championships for Division II NCAA and has now been in Iowa City, Iowa for nine seasons, where he's led Iowa to three NCAA tournaments and two Big Ten tournament championship titles, all while taking this under of the name of the fighting Dave Dionis. So we're invited to be by the legend. Welcome, Dave. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for throwing that back out there, Sam. 
The, you know, the, I think it just has to be patented at this point. Yeah, the, the Dean Linky uh, special patent uh, name. Where's the t-shirts? I want one. I needed, I need to get a t-shirt actually just for fun, but yeah, he's, I've known Dean a long time, actually. He, uh, what a career he's having, uh, what a career he has. Um, but I've known him since I began in division two, he started calling, uh, our final four games way back in, geez, it must be maybe 2005, 2006, seven, something like that. And I've, he's been uh, on the bandwagon or at least a friend of mine for a long time. That's he amazing. seems to be a big fan of this uh, podcast here then. I know he's absolutely loves and adores Sam uh, listening to your guys' games and stuff. I've learned probably more about Sam through him than I have through actually talking to Sam. Yeah. I Well, I think he's a, I think you were right the first time. I think he's a fan of the podcast, which means it's both of you. I think he's a fan of anyone who uplifts and powers and speaks about um, bettering women's athletics and, uh, uncovering and discussing the, the difficulties of being a student athlete, um, empowering soccer, the, the great game of soccer that he loves and, but certainly has a little bit of a love for Sam, uh, but also just maybe a bit of a, a bit more of a history, uh, that he has with Sam, but he's, he's, uh, he's a great ambassador of what you're doing and really, uh, empowering others to do the same. So there's a big elephant in the room when it comes to talking with you, Dave, that I have just always found fascinating with you. Your entire coaching journey got started when you were teaching high school history, but you're from Canada and Michigan. So talk a little bit about like how your journey has come from being a high school teacher, coaching high school soccer to now being a head coach at a division one power five program. Yeah, I am Canadian and I was teaching American history at one point and uh, Western Civ and uh, business law and economics. And I've always been a I've always been a head coach of some sort. Um, I had three three years of where I was the assistant at Hillsdale College, uh, which no longer actually has a, a, a program on the men's and women's side. But um, yeah, I went to Spring Arbor University uh, and NAI program. Uh if I had to do it again, I probably wouldn't go back to Spring Harbor just being in terms of the level of play. But I knew nothing about being a Canadian, you know, soccer player, knew nothing about the college system, came over. And the best part about it, to be honest, was that the level was that it was good, but it wasn't great and it wasn't time consuming. So I started coaching high school. So I coaching high school at the same time. I always loved um, the teaching aspect of it. Um, and. I, I learned pretty quickly. I was a good soccer player. I had a good career, but I wasn't a great soccer player. So it was time to to uh, teach versus do. And uh, that's really why I came over here. I was in the Canadian National Pool for a while, and it, it just wasn't – I got bypassed. And um, so from then on, I just kind of started trial and error, just trying different things that worked for me, uh, for my personality in terms of coaching and developing and mentorship. I loved teaching. I did love teaching, but I really loved to coach. And uh, so I was there, I think, seven years at high school doing both. And then uh, I had ODP and I had club and I had all these responsibilities. Uh, my first daughter was born and I kind of looked at my wife and went, I either have five jobs and keep going with this or I try to get the Grand Valley job. And like everything else, it took one person to help, help get my resume in the, the look pile versus the throwing out pile. And so I did have somebody to do that. And uh, 
was there for 11 years and they often told me I had no business uh, getting that job uh, just based on my resume. But I guess I, I interviewed well and they were looking for somebody to be an educator and uh, to be a leader of women and ultimately try to make a competitive environment. And that was way back before uh, Grand Valley was what it is now. It was just becoming, it was a, it was certainly a commuter university and was becoming more of a residential place. Uh, football was the only thing good at that time. And uh, we were beginning uh, that whole process from there. And I spent 11 years there and then nine here at Iowa. As you kind of go through this journey, what brought you then from Grand Valley to Iowa? Good question. Um, you know, I, I felt like I had a great job at Grand Valley. I think winning is addicting. I, I was, I tell Jeff this all the time and teasing him, but I thought we were going to win three more. Uh, after winning uh, in 2013, I really liked our team. I left a really good team there. It was hard to leave, to be honest, but I had other opportunities of which I didn't think were better. Um, and this was the first Big Ten school that gave me an opportunity, to be honest. Um, we were playing uh, we were playing a lot of Division I Big Ten schools in the spring anyways when I was at Grand Valley and doing pretty well. And I know it's different, but it's still relative, right? Doing well. And I think in my mind, I, I always had a, a fire in my, my belly of like, can I, can I do it at this level? Can I do it against these people, these really great coaches and these good programs? Um, I think I can, but I really wanted to challenge myself. And uh, the first time they called, I said, no, thank you. Because I didn't know anything about Iowa and I'm, we're still fighting it. You know, no one knows anything about Iowa and no one thinks we're sexy and, but we're still trying to get the right fit. But I, they said, just get on the plane, come down. I think you're going to be, you're going to be surprised. And, and I was, it's the, you know, a top five college town in the country. And um, it's given me all of the professional growth and challenges that I, I seeked out uh, nine years ago. So when it comes to getting to Iowa City, we've kind of talked about this a lot. I know personally, but there was a lot of turning around of the program to do. Um, Iowa's not notoriously one of those power programs in the Big Ten, and that's where we want it to be. So can you talk about your early years at Iowa and what that was kind of like turning some stuff around? Yeah, it, I mean, I had a really good, we had a really great year, 2014. I had a great group of seniors, uh, uh, actually five or six from Michigan, uh, that were were really instrumental in giving me a great foundation and a good starting point. Chloe Lacoste was on the team. She's still playing with the national team uh, and playing with Arsenal. And then um, it, it just took uh, took some it took some time to build a culture um, and build build it the right way. I'm a very culture driven guy. I think anybody who knows me, um, I'm, certainly results do matter at this level. But it, I am a culture-driven guy. I'm, I want to do it the right way. I want to empower our student-athletes. I want to challenge them to be uncomfortable. But I'm going to support, on, support them, love them. Um, but I want them to do it the right way. I want them to go to class. I want them to make sacrifices uh, to be a student-athlete. Um, and that means making sacrifices socially sometimes. Um, and just being respectful about the process. So... It took a little time. I would say talent was the biggest one. And then identifying what a student athlete looked like, not just, you know, what in my mind, but in the big 10, you know, what a fit student athlete looked like, what a good student uh, in the classroom looked like. So that took some times. And then our 2016 class was 
really instrumental to the process and then uh, building it and then ended up uh, getting uh, the second NSL Bay tournament in 2019. It's a different era though, too. Like there was no transfer portal. You couldn't come in and ask people to leave after a year, which is the, what you have now with coaches with new changes. So you didn't have that. So you had to do it the right way and it took longer. Um, uh, but also I think if it was probably more valuable, you know, to do it the right way. And and people just had to make a decision on whether they were all in or not. And it just took a little more time. Yeah, absolutely. Leading into that, like how has the COVID year and the transfer portal affected the way you go about coaching these last four or five years? Yeah, I think the COVID year is interesting because I, I, I'm a huge proponent of it. You know, no one, no one signed up to get a half a season. And, and, and uh, for that matter, it wasn't even half a season because it wasn't even a full, full regular season. So I'm a huge proponent of it. I think I'm an advocate of it. We didn't get more money, but we, everyone got extra years. So that's a challenge, right? Having to fit five years worth of eligibility and four years worth of money. I think that's just the reality of it. It's why you see the portal to be as prevalent as it is. The numbers are outstanding, like just astonishing. Um, and I hope everyone finds a place that we know that's not going to be the case. Uh, so I think there's, there's always good and bad that comes with that. Um, but I am an advocate of the, po- the portal. I think people finding other fits for them, uh, I think is really awesome. It's a great opportunity with everything that's positive. There's also downsides to it. And I think finances is one of it. Some people not getting to be where they want to be for their fifth year, not finding a home is, is another really sad part of it. Um, we don't do a ton in the portal, quite honestly. We do not have a lot of players that leave our program. Um, the ones that do are seeking out something that is a bit more amicable. Like, hey, I want to play a little bit different role. Perfect. How do I find you a good place? Um, that's been the case for the three that are in there now for us. And then, you know, I'm very honest about those who come in. Like, yeah, you might, you know, it, it, this is still going to be a competitive environment. We still have, it's still a performance base, but you know, how can we help you get the best out of your experience? Um, but I, I think ultimately, Jordan, I think it's a great thing that is part of this level. With that being in mind, there's always going to be people who are going to not get what they want or what they search for and need. And that's sad overall, um, in my mind anyways. Yeah, absolutely. So the last couple of years in Iowa City, the team has been kind of hinged on this idea of belief. And this question has nothing to do with the fact that you met Ted Lasso earlier this weekend. But what is it about belief and how does that impact the program that you think you coach? Well, I I think it starts a little bit with what we how we started this podcast is I think uh, the outsiders don't know what how special Iowa City is. And to be a member of the Hawkeye, I think. But that's also just the reality. Like there's a lot of really good programs in in the Big Ten. There's a lot of really good college towns. There's a lot of really great uh, places to get a good education. And uh, and I think that's just across the board in the BCS. I think what you're seeing, Florida State was special this year, like special. But there's a lot of college like parity in, so- in soccer right now. I mean, everybody's pretty good. And so you have to have a little bit of like, who are you? A little bit of, you know, I think it's you win because you have good culture. You have good, you have good female student athletes that are invested. 
they believe in who you are, they believe in themselves, and then they play with a bit of an edge for that cause. Um, if you don't have elite talent, and we're only talking about two or three teams this year that had elite talent, everybody else is just fighting for who they are. And so I think the belief part is really important. I think, you know, and Jordan was a product of it. We went there the first year, there the first game, and we had a terrible mentality. We were not prepared to battle. We were not prepared for the moment. Um, and for some reason or another, weirdly, we didn't believe at that time. And that's just not us. And we went back with a bit different mentality. We went back with the mentality be a, you know, just we talked about it. Like, can you be the best fight, the toughest fighter in the alley? And um, because it's gonna take that to beat a team like that. It's gonna take that to get what you want. So I think you have to believe in who you are. And it's got to be genuine, both as individual players and as a program. And if you can do that, then you at least give yourself a chance. Absolutely. Um, Going with that year, the unfortunate downfall for us, that was your guys' kind of uprising of the season. You go from barely making the tournament to winning it all and making a run in the NCAA tournament. What was the season like for you guys and kind of that shift going forward? What was that postseason change? Yeah, I think we we always felt like we were better than eighth, but but results are the results, right? Like so you you can't make excuses on a tie here or what it shoulda coulda here. And so we we definitely uh did we walk we backpedaled into the tournament, um, of which we always felt like we should have been uh you know a little higher, but but you are what you are. And and we've embraced that. We've not made excuses for that. Um but what we didn't do is we didn't waste an opportunity. And that's what we talked about a lot is, you know, it, you, you just never know. And I heard ben, Brian Penske say the same thing, Florida State, like, you just never know. Like, so just go all in with no promises. And if you do that, then usually good things happen. So one thing that does happen in our program is we do get better. We get better from year one to four. People develop. Um, players that want to get better develop and our team usually peaks. And, and I think that's a product of our culture. That's product of the people that are invested in our program. And um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was, a, it was, I've been on two really crazy runs in four years. Uh, the COVID year was one of them, but when you believe and you, uh, you, you do what you do to the best of your ability, you usually give yourself a chance and, um, you know how that goes, like success breeds success, like just on that at Michigan State, like one, you win in one regular season title, all you want is another, right? And it's just, that's just the reality. It's not a, it's not a coined term. It's fact. You get hungry for it. And, um, and that's, I think what our women, we're still kind of kicking ourselves for the Georgia game. Felt like we maybe should have uh, done more there, but that's just the reality of the situation. And we're really, I'm really proud of them. So what is it about Iowa and about the program that tends to get really hot in October? Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think we, we preach process. We preach the, you know, the investment in the day, the day, you know, growth. We don't talk about goals a ton, I think. Um, and I don't know if that is a good or bad thing, but we talk a lot about what they're bringing every day. And certainly being a student athlete at this at this time is challenging the competitiveness within your own program 
your generation are so wired to be successful academically. And that's amazing. That's special. Social media doesn't help. There's a lot that goes to it that brings, <laughs> brings a lot of like difficulty to being a student athlete. So we try to just say, Hey, and you know, the Sam, like, if you're not at a hundred percent, just give us a hundred percent of what you have, because it's what your teammates deserve and what your process needs. So we talk a lot about the process. Um, but I've always been that way. I even at Grand Valley, I mean, I, I think in 11 years, it, we went to eight final fours and we never talked about national championships. We just talked about, you know, we we knew that was the goal, but we talked about like winning the day. And I think that ultimately helps you kind of stay focused and with some blinders on and trying to eliminate the things that make you, you know, make it really stressful and cloudy um with you know to being a student athlete nowadays and i i fight it too when you lose a game you shouldn't you that you shouldn't lose i i have a hard time sleeping at night and i have a hard time bringing that to practice but i feel like i i hope that i i do a good job of uh like not showing that but it's hard with all the success you've seen in your career thus far from grand valley to iowa what would you describe kind of your coaching style being to see all the success you have I, I don't know. I mean, I I think I love my job. I love the people that I'm around. I think I'm an educator. I do think I'm a, a, a mentor. I think I'm a relationship builder. I am competitive. I think I'm a pretty good communicator in terms of what is needed uh, to help each student athlete feel special and valued. And I think because they feel special and valued, they they reinvest in the process and what we're asking. I think when it comes to like staff, I try to surround myself with staff members that are also like me, that are competitive, but are also relationship builders that are that care about doing it right. Um, look, I'm not we're not gonna bat hundred percent all the time with everybody loving who I am, but I feel like we bat a high percentage. Um, because we're doing it right and we're consistent. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to find value in, I want to help people find value in what they're doing. And I want them to feel comfortable with their, their journey here. And, 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 and that will, that will come from being uncomfortable at times that'll come from failure, but it also come with them feeling, you know, knowing and, and believing that, that I care about them. And now ultimately my biggest thing, Jordan, is probably I don't want them leaving after four years feeling they, they would have, could have, should have. I don't want them to have regrets. And that might come with a little bit of like challenging them and helping them understand that like they're accomplishing something that they never dreamed they could. But I don't want them having regrets in whatever they're doing as, a, as an Iowa Hawkeye or Grand Valley State Laker or whatever, wherever I'm going to be. So speaking of bringing people into this culture and this family, we have a lot, of, a lot of younger listeners and parents who listen to this podcast. What is it that when you're out at events, when you're at ID camps, all these different things, what makes a player be like, dang, I want her to be an Iowa Hawkeye? I, I think how they carry themselves is number one. I think you're, you know, there's this old saying, you're, you're, you never know who's watching. And I think that's the reality. Like, you know, we, we talk a lot about being just a good human being. And doing the right things, like that's ultimately on the top of our our value list. Um, but we talk about that even in our program, right? Like on the leadership committee, like just being a good human being. Let's start there, like doing what's right. And 
I think that matters watching them when I have a, I have a friend who is a really good coach says, I want to watch them when it's hot out. I want to watch them when it's raining. I want to watch them then when they're losing, I want to watch them then when they're winning. I want to watch them when they're on the bench. And it's just how you, how you react to different scenarios and adversity. I think that's important. So consistency is ultimately what I'm saying. I think competitive nature matters but it's not the be all and the end of all, like if they're going to step over somebody to be successful. Um, but also I think that is the same with coaches, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to be so successful. So you're out the door and I'm now a new person comes in, but I think they should look at that in recruiting when they're looking at programs, how many people are like being changed over in the roster? I think that matters. You know, you have to, you have to be, you have to, you have to do your homework. I think somebody's love for the game is important. Like wanting to get better. Wanting to grow. When I call the coach and say, hey, tell me about Susie. Like, I want that coach to speak really volumes about like, hey, Susie's always doing extra training. She's always asking how she can get better. But also I'm like putting more time in this person because they care. So I think in the end of the day, the other part to me is whether D1, D2, D3, NAI, JUCO, find a place that values you that you can find a fit the best of your ability. My daughter is a pretty good player and I think she's going to go to a division three school because she feels it's best for her. And I think, and not feeling like you're missing the boat, um, feeling where you can find, you can find value, but also you can impact that program the best of its ability rather than sit on a bench and just kind of ride the wave. And maybe that's for some people, but I, I, in the end of the day, they end up wishing they went somewhere else because they want to be on the field. I think with me and Sam, I've talked about our journeys. The biggest thing that has changed in this recruiting process has been the use of social media. How has that impacted the way you find kids and interact with them? Well, I think it goes back to the portal. There's some good about it and there's some negative about it. I think the social media, you've got different Twitter handles that are promoting com commitments, like five seconds after they happen which is great for the kid. It's great for the program, but it also does a speed up angst and urgency and stress. So there's a couple different things that go with that positive and negative. There is no hidden secrets anymore. You know, somebody, sometimes somebody takes a visit on your campus and that gets blown up. So then that just now creates supply and demand and urgency and programs that weren't in the, in the fight and now are. And so that just increases value. And so there's a lot of good and bad that comes of it. Uh, or I guess grows and glows is what we call it in our program. I don't like the word bad. Um, so I, I think it's all good if it's handled and used appropriately, right? How you promote yourself. I think, you know, you want to promote yourself to colleges, but like you're flagging colleges on every single event once a week on every individual training like that can be difficult to have to keep up with as well. So you lose the genuine part of it and you lose the connection part of it sometimes because social media is so prevalent. Um, you want to just say, hey, what is, what, what is behind the social media part of it? What are your whys? You know, do, you know, do you, are you just willing to go to any program or do you, are there like, what are your whys? What are the things that are most important to you when you go? So there, there's a lot of amazing things that come over it as long as they're used appropriately. So it's just, I think we try to just focus on the individual and then go straight to that person and get 
the hidden values as to why they're what the why and where they're looking. And if they happen to use social media, great, that's awesome. But we want to know the genuine part of who these these people are. So the Big Ten's changing next year. Mm-hmm. What do you think that's going to bring? What is the future of the Big Ten Conference? I think the next year and a half, two years, is going to be make changes to what you're seeing in the NCAA in Division One. I. I think what you're seeing is going to change in lots of ways. They just came out with a the NCAA literally just announced this morning, maybe an hour ago. Um, some new agendas for NIL, uh, getting a handle on collectives, trying to get a handle on transfer portal. Um, so that will change. I think you're going to see the BCS. You might see the BCS and other division ones. There's just a separation. I think that's coming into play. Is it the superpowers? Is there going to be more merging of conferences and go from five to four? For the Big Ten, I think it's not it's it's to be it's to be determined, right? In the sense of we're going to get to 2024. We have 18 schools. Uh, we're trying. We haven't even got our schedule yet. You know, like they're trying to figure that out. Who's traveling where and all that. What I do know is we're better for it in terms of competitiveness. To, you know, you can make a case the Big Ten is going to be the hardest conference in the country next year. Uh, with UCLA and USC and Oregon and Washington coming in, adding to what we've already done, adding to a few coaching changes, I think the, it's going to be very difficult to succeed. And I think now you're seeing some changes that are making being done in terms of how coaches are recruiting um, and what they're doing in transfer portal. So I think it's all good. I try to lean to the side of positive, um, but there's a lot of undetermined that we don't know, right? Um, NIL, NIL is a big deal now. Collectives are a big deal now. Um, are people doing four-year scholarships or are they doing one? And because that's changing a big deal now with like how how you know rosters are are, are changing and, and getting changed quickly. So what I do know it's it's exciting. Uh, women's soccer at the college level is exciting. The parity is unbelievable. That just means that we're doing something right. And we need to, like, just with your podcast, we need to keep promoting college soccer, in particular the women's side of college soccer, because uh, in the end of the day, we're one of the top four women's sports that are looked at right now. Volleyball, basketball, softball, and us are pushing to really be elite. And we need it. We need to shout it to the rooftops because it's a special time heading forward. Absolutely. So now looking backwards at these past five years with one Sam Carey, I got to know, like, what has that journey and relationship been like? You know, are you attending the wedding in five days? I am. I'm, I am. I am. I'm, uh, we just talked to, spoke about that yesterday. You know, it's um, I got we got all these transfers and visits and I'm going to watch my kid on Saturday. So coming back and attend the wedding, um, excited to get on the dance floor and and uh, have some fun. I, I think. Uh, the journey for Sam has been unbelievable. It's been great to see her grow uh, as uh, as an adult and a woman, but as a player, um, no one has put more into her journey and growth as a person than, than she has, to be honest. I remember when I when and where I made the decision, I, I wanted Sam to come to Iowa and it was at an ID camp. She gave the ball up on the sidelines and she tracked a kid back 30 yards 
and punished the kid for taking the ball from her. I mean, with a pretty, pretty vicious side, ta side tackle. And I remember thinking, yep, we need that at Iowa. And, and that's really who's that, who she's been is she's been all in and whatever she's done. Uh, we have coffee with Carrie. Um, I have like different individual meetings with certain players. I have my, Macy on the mic, your Macy Anneking and just different coin terms. And uh, we've done it pretty, pretty consistently once a week for a couple of years now. Um, sometimes we talk about soccer. Sometimes we talk about life. And um, it's been very special on my end. Um, hopefully she's felt the same because in the end of the day, winning matters and develop matters, but just really getting to know somebody as a, as a human being and feeling like you bettered them in certain ways and they bettered you as well. Um, I think ultimately what I would say, Jordan, is she's been a leader amongst our program when things were hard, when things were great and things were challenging, like, and things were, things were just kind of difficult in uh and she's never she's never kind of wavered from that, and I think that's ultimately what coaches want is an advocate to help kind of challenge, you know, kind of go through the tides of difficulty and uh, reaping the benefits when things are really good. So I, I I'm a better coach because of her. Aww, as heartfelt and amazing as that was, now you got to like trade it off with me. Like give me something, something here, like for Sam. Funny story, I, I embarrassing think, moment. Yeah, no, I mean I think. Sam is Sam is so hard on herself, but she's also like she's an overthinker. So you got to kind of like kind of kind of balance that sometimes. And you know, we have this. We taught them earlier this year, like how to code. And Sam was always ahead of the game trying to code. And I was like, Kyle and I, Kyle Venture and I, were looking at her code box, and we looked at like and on Speedio, like how do they code? And there's this box like kind of like had these word, these letters. And we were like, what is, what is, you know, the Sam glow, Sam grow, Sam final third. And then there's these letters. And I think it was like G Y like S like T like something like that. And maybe I'm wrong, Sam. And we're like, what the heck is this? Like, this is really weird. And we are like, Sam, what's, what's this? What are these letters? And she's like, get your shit together. Like kind of something I'm like, and so Sam sometimes will make a mistake and kind of, I know she's looking at me out of the corner of her eye and in my corner of her eye, she's like, wants me to react to the mistake or, you know, and I don't, I've learned about two years ago, like, do not react. Don't, don't do like, what the frick is you, are you doing Sam? Like, cause then she reads it. And so I kind of like look the other way. I see her staring at me and I kind of like, Hey, is she done looking? And then I'll look over so that she, I don't make a, I don't react, but Sam has learned those moments. Like get your, you know, sorry to get your blank together. And sorry, I forgot about that. Um, but it was like her way of learning. Okay. Have a joke. It's all right. Like it's, it doesn't define who you are as a player. That's one. And, and there, are, there are a couple others in terms of training where you could, you could, you could laugh in terms of like Sam, Sam taught a certain player early in her career that it, she either it was time to get tough or she probably is best to leave our program. And Sam, we pitted this them against each other. It just happened the way it works. She was on the starters. The other girl was on the reserve and Sam taught this girl every day that it was time to be tough. Cause she was, 
she was sending the kid on the sidelines um, onto the ground every day. And the kid, uh, kid eventually learned and, and to Sam's credit, toughened her up. And I think Sam like, wouldn't tell this to Sam, but probably owed it to her in terms of her saving her career. She got a little tougher, invested a little bit more. And, uh, uh, but it, 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 it was, took some tears on this person to, because Sam made her pay the price, uh, every day for about six months. Scary carry in action. At that point, it was scary carry. Yes, I didn't even know about scary carry at the time, but it was it was pretty good. What about you? Get like give me give me a give me an embarrassing or a, in a moment if I I text Jeff right now, he could give me something. Oh, uh, you see, there's a shift in power dynamic here, so we'll wait for the recording to end, and then I'll give you all the tea. That's what I was. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for everything, Dave. Um, on a personal note, I couldn't thank you for more of anything for the last five years. It's been truly amazing. And I can't believe that my like eight years committed to the Iowa soccer program since I was 15 and committing is, you know, now I'm on that alumni status. You can officially say you're not my coach anymore. So that means when we party hard on the dance floor next weekend, it's all good. <laughs> we yeah, have I don't know about the photo world. I don't know. The phone, the iPhones will be up quite a bit. <laughs> But thank you so much for coming on. This is the infamous podcast that we couldn't have because we decided that we were jinxing all of our guests. So we weren't going to have you on until the end of Iowa soccer season. Appreciate that you uh, being in in, uh, in appreciation of that, Jordan. I, when she told me not to go and come on, I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, we couldn't risk it, right? Like we got to lose to the champs, if anything. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. You, you women are doing amazing jobs with this podcast and and well and beyond that. So thanks very much for what you're doing. Awesome. Well, thank we you so much back to your busy day and thank you for everything all right jordan i mean absolutely incredible i'm glad you got your little tea on me i'm glad you finally got your little dirt i'm gonna be so honest i did not know that dave knew about that that was not a conversation that we've had prior so i love that he figured out my little coding system oh yeah i mean it seems so appropriate now after knowing you that that would be put on um it just it's fitting I'm, i will premise there's not many clips that have that tag there is a few, though, that I'm like, I can't watch this clip anymore. I'm just, I know it's bad. I'm just going to acknowledge that it's bad and we're going to move on. You know, I I mean, on a personal note, I joke with Jordan, but like, I'm going to take that little clip of him talking about me for a bit and forever save that on my computer. And, you know, as a coach, as a person, I don't think that I can speak enough about what Dave's done for me taking a chance on me when I was 15, wanting me at Iowa after I made that slide tackle and probably lethally fouled that girl, especially knowing me back then, you know, bringing me into Iowa and the family that he's been and the person he's been for me, the leader, the mentor, and, you know, those coffee with Carrie chats, they do happen once a week. I sit down, we have coffee and we talk about life. We sometimes talk about soccer, but I feel like it's more about how do you be a relationship? What about a partnership? You know, I feel like I've learned just so much about from him beyond the game and I I couldn't be more grateful for him and to be my coach and to be in my life for literally scarily I was talking to my parents for over a third of my life he's now been in and I, I couldn't be more grateful so so cute and heartfelt I mean I would totally save that too if I were you I'm gonna like I said save the other clip of you know the more funny portion of it all but yeah incredible interview I really appreciate him coming on a lot of insight was given and I think everyone should, you know, whether you're looking to join college team um, or you're looking already in college, I think there's a lot to be learned from this and take it for what it is. I mean, he's had an 
extreme amount of success in his career thus far. So he clearly knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot to be learned from it. Absolutely. So while we're talking about people we're grateful for, as always, we're wrapping up the holiday season and what better way to wrap it up than with Ida Sports, you know? They have an incredible, we've teased it before. We teased it a couple episodes. Their new launch of cleats is going to be big and you need to be there to be watching it because they are sexy cleats. Uh, I know my hands will be all over them, but everything that Ida does, everything that they bring to the women's game, you know, and as we're in the season of giving, we're in this holiday season, a perfect gift. I personally say a perfect gift for a soccer player is a pair of Ida shoes my personal opinion, but everything that they're doing, we couldn't be more grateful for what they do for us and just absolutely remarkable stuff. Absolutely. I mean, there are some good looking cleats. Let me tell you, I, uh, sister might be getting something under the tree this year. Maybe, you know, perfect holiday gift. Like you said, look at that. Look at that. And while we're at it, we also have to give a quick plug of our sister podcast, give and go. Their most recent episode is with Alyssa Thompson. So, I mean, who better to hear from about her rookie NWSL season and a couple of her first caps with the national team. So go on over to give and go where Rotas Wadura goes through and interviews Alyssa Thompson and coming up is interviews with NWSL rookie Penelope Hawking and so many others. So it's definitely, if you love hearing our voices, if you love what we bring, give and go has it all. Absolutely. Go check it out, guys. All right, Jordan. I could not be more grateful this holiday season for our friendship. Um, the last 18 weeks has been truly so much fun. And I did not know that when we started this, I wouldn't just get someone I was doing something for work for, but a friend. And I couldn't be more grateful for that. Like we said, we're not done. You're not done hearing my voice. Jordan's not done hearing my chaotic life updates. Um, so we're so excited. Stay tuned to Girls Soccer Network about when season two of The Big Life will be coming. Expected around February of next year once we get our lives settled a little bit. But I, I couldn't be more excited to be continuing this journey with you, Drew. Aww, I mean, I can't say it any better myself. Like I said, best DM I ever sent. Um, this has been so much fun genuinely look forward to doing it every single week and i'm so excited that it is not over yet thank you to everyone who listens thank you to girls soccer network for all their support for doing this i can't wait for our next episode for you to be a married drafted woman a lot of life changes coming up so as always if you want to follow along with my crazy life my social media is sam.carry i know jordan has a lot of really fun stuff coming up in europe i mean everyone has to tune in to see what's happening there so Jordan, what's your social media? How do people find you? Jordan underscore Wickes. Amazing. Amazing. Well, happy holidays, everyone. We couldn't be more gracious. And yeah, soccer on. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys.